Good evening. I'm Kathy Durant. You're watching the Kathy Durant Show, broadcasting on BBS Radio TV on the iHeart Network. And so we have to look at them and figure out how we can help them because they are also part of the economy. 
can't let any part of the economy go down. So if you had to give us a grade right now for where we are with um, awareness, what would that grade be? When there's people who are arguing whether or not climate uh, change is real and all of the scientists who study say it is, and you have people who are, let's say, undereducated in the area making pronouncements, that's an F. When you go to your cancer doctor and they say you have cancer, then you go over to a psychologist and say, mm, I don't think so. Why would you go to somebody who's not trained in the field to make such an assessment? And that's what's happening. We have politicians talking about whether or not climate tech and climate change is real. They're not trained in that field. We need to do a lot better. There's a clock in New York, and you can walk, and it shows that we have a little bit over six years before there's nothing else we can do. Now, oil companies, utility companies have been knowing this pre-1970 that we are changing the climate. It's 30, 50 years now, and we haven't done anything. I mean, that's an F. Well, that's pretty serious. Well, <laughs> recommendations. Well, we have to change how we do things. Now, the good news about that is with this change comes economic development, workforce training, community empowerment. People will go to work and do this transition. There's a quick change to get off of fossil fuels, which sends up a lot of greenhouse gases, and move to electronic vehicles. Well, now the electronic vehicles are taking their power majority from utility companies that are using coal and natural gas. So we have to substitute what they are using to make power with solar, wind, and, and other renewable energies. But more so than that, we have to reduce the amount of energy that we're using. 30 to 40% of energy is waste. A lot of people don't understand that they're wasting 30 to 40%. So, so that means we, we need to have like a, a revolution when it comes to charging stations everywhere. Now, that is where politicians are good at. They are good at setting policies and understanding those uh, uh, issues and being able to fund infrastructure changes, and they have. The bipartisan infrastructure legislation addresses that. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you more about how to educate consumers. How do we get the word out? Because that was the thing that really, it, it didn't worry me, but you know, I said to myself, I said, this is an excellent conference, but how do we get this information to Main Street? Mm -hmm. So we'll be back in a moment, and with Dr. Reginald Parker, he's gonna, I mean, I'm gonna pick his brain for everything. We'll be right back. Want to get out of just about anything? Use the environment excuse. Dear housemates, due to the environmental impact of food waste, I'm eating all your leftovers. You're welcome. Is that my shirt and pants and shoes? I mean, I'm literally saving the environment. Ooh, what's this about? I'm just doing my part for the environment. What did the sushi say to the bee? What's up, bee? 
Gotta love an open mic carpool. Less cars, more jokes! Is that Mima's punch bowl? We use way too much plastic. Think of the planet. Who is the best princess? The environment is the best excuse. Find an out and opt in to save the earth. Just scan this code. Having low income can mean making tough choices. Choosing between paying for food or medication or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. We're talking about climate technology, also known as climate tech. My guest today is... Dr. Reginald Parker, and in segment one, we talked about the state of climate control, uh, where we are. Now, Dr. Parker is going to share some information that will help consumers. Try to get, we're trying to get inf- information, education, awareness to con- consumers so that they can take advantage of the many programs like ARA that's out there um, to help Ease the economy. Uh, so here we are. Can you tell it? Take it from here. Have you ever had your mom, your father, your grandparents, your auntie, anybody say, close the door, we're not trying to heat up or cool off the, the outside or turn off that light? <laughs> You're not paying for it. I am. This is energy efficiency. This is simple things that we can do. Turn off that light. So is this new? Is no, this it's new? not new. we heard these things. This is what we knew and we forgot that okay. we are bringing it back. And what's interesting is solar as a technology has been around before 1850. Yeah, um, electric cars came out before gas guzzlers. I didn't know that. Gas guzzlers um, were just better at marketing. And so um, solar has been around for a long time. Um, but, you know, what most people don't understand is, is that it is actually cheaper. And they say, well, how is it cheaper? It costs a lot of money up front. Well, if you were to put a coal power plant on your rooftop, how much would that cost? You know, nobody thinks about that. But the best way I do it, Kathy, is asking this. You can break even using solar, right? And I said, yeah. When do you break even with the utility? So that automatically tells you which one can be cheaper. Now, I'm not trying to say that we don't use all the tools that are on the table. But when the power and the grid goes down, you shouldn't have to. You should be able to power your critical um, areas. And for some people, having power for critical areas is more than critical. Um, If you require this for life-giving medical treatment, and you don't have power, 
you're relying 100% on the grid. But if you have solar with storage, at least it can power the things that are going to keep you alive. And so not only is it good for the environment, it's also good for you. Now, I, I uh, developed a solar farm, and a storm came through and knocked off everything in North Carolina. They had to take off the nukes. And they called me, and they said, your solar farm works. Can we turn it on and give power to 140 homes in the uh, Northampton, North Carolina area? And we did. No other power plant was able to turn on, but there was sun the next day. Well, so I have this question. When we changed to, from typewriters to computers, society came kicking and screaming. Some people never crossed over. So how easy is it going to be to cross over from gasoline to electric? We, I mean, you got people right now who are angry at computers. They don't want to use them. They, we, we, we never totally transitioned, so now we're going into another transition. But I guess we never heard that typewriters and computers between the two, that we were, going, we were in a life-threatening situation with climate change. Right. We're in a life-threatening situation, is what you're saying. Some people, are motivated by that type of truth. Okay. There's another type of truth. The average person pays between three to six hundred dollars a month in gas just to get around. Imagine if that number is cut by ninety percent, and you're now paying not three to six hundred, but thirty to sixty dollars more in electricity bill. Well, suppose that happened and then the cost of cars go up. How do you balance that? Well, these cars, yes, they're going to be more expensive, but they're going to last 15, 20 years. You're not going to have to change the oil. You're not going to have to change the transmission. All you have to do is put new tires on them, things, and it, it downloads software to keep it even more efficient. So your cost of maintenance goes as you know, either little to nothing, number one, number two, the cost to keep it fuel goes down to little or nothing, and three, the average cost of the vehicle extends because there's so many moving parts and in the internal combustion engine, uh, engine cars, it always has a breakdown cycle and it lasts for six to 10 years, not 15 to 20. So do we have the data now that supports how well these cars are going to hold up? Yes, um, we've had electric cars on the market before 2000, right? And then, you know, you have a lot from Tesla. Um, so there's a lot of data already on the market on how electric vehicles can stand up. Moreover, um, these electric vehicles are using lithium-ion batteries, the same type of battery to use in our watches, our computers, our cell phones. We know how they hold up over time. So there's a lot of rich data out there as to how these uh, cars will behave and the reliability. That's the reason Ford and uh, Cadillac said EV, full speed, 2025. So they're on board? Yes. Whoa. So who do you think will be the leader uh, 
that's a good thing. As far as a brand, do you even want to say uh, who would be the leader in uh, EV electric vehicles? That's hard to say. I mean, you look at cell phones, who's the leader? You know, some people like Samsung over the Google over the Apple, right? And it's just that, it, you know, I mean. I think they stopped rating. I, the I, Ford I 150, you know, yeah. for people who like cars, an exceptional vehicle. Um, uh, Kia has um, a, a nice seven-passenger um, van. Doesn't to me, it doesn't have a lot of trunk space, but the number of different type of brands out there is tremendous. Let's go. Back. I don't think there will be a winner. Right. I think there will be just something that everybody can choose what goes right. for them. They'll have variety. Let's go back to Main Street and climate control. What can we do? What can we do to get the word out other than talk shows like the Kathy Doran Show? What you can do is you look at the regular incandescent light bulb. If you were to um, screw it in and, and let it turn on, it gets hot. That heat is not really lighting up anything. You screw in an LED, it gets bright, it doesn't get hot. And the difference between an incandescent and an LED in price, they're about the same price, but one of them is 10 to 15 watts, the other one is 100 to 150 watts. The difference between the two is, is that now you can reduce your light bill by 90% by going LED. Boom. Simple. Weatherization. Close the doors tight. Um, wherever there are leaks, do that. Energy management technology. First, you have to monitor how you're using the energy, but if you have things that will turn things off for you, um, turn things down for you when you need to, then that actually helps you. This is before you put solar on your house. You get rid of all of the energy waste, and then you, so you use the right energy, and then you right size your energy. Okay, on that note, we're going to go to a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about network for success. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us all about that? I was there, but the audience will want to know some of the highlights of it. So we'll be back in a moment with Dr. Reginald Parker. Stay with us. I guess I should get up and shower. Or I can save water and carbon. Is that my shirt and pants and shoes? I mean, I'm literally saving the environment. What did the sushi say to the bee? Wasabi! Gotta love an open mic carpool. Less cars, more jokes! The environment is the best excuse. Find an out and opt in at theenvironmentexcuse.org. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. Uh, animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank anything, they're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? 
Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. We're back with uh, Dr. Reginald Parker. And um, he just kind of promised off camera during the break to tell us all about the highlights of Network for Success. I got a chance to be there. It was an amazing three-day conference in Atlanta. He's going to tell us where it was held and some of the keynote speakers and some of the panels, all this great stuff that happened during uh, the three-day conference. So without further ado, you're on. So I got to give you the backstory. Okay. Green Power Ventures recently won. Um, it was a two-step process. So we won the first step and the second step. And the energy, um, it's called EPIC-2, Energy Programs uh, for um, Innovation Clusters. Um, it's a DOE-sponsored uh, event where we are able to offer accelerators and incubators. You mean uh, Department of? Department of Energy. Okay. Where we're able to offer accelerators and incubators, um, especially for companies that are doing energy. Um, within a certain region. And so we, we're looking to do it specifically for um, overestimated, uh, overlooked, underestimated uh, populations to get into energy. And so although our curriculum is available for everybody, we target it um, BIPOC founders because they are left out of the energy equation. What do you mean BIPOC? Uh, black, indigenous, people of color. So we, we look for BIPOC founders um, and, and, and everybody in between, and we did a great job in grabbing them. And so seven were um, selected specifically for a accelerator called Pilot to Profit, and the rest of the people went to Network for Success. And so we had those two teams coming in and out of each other, and there was specific training for Pilot to um, Profit where we were trying to change uh, train entrepreneurs who had a great idea or a great product on how to scale it up and become a billion dollar company. And then for the others, they were later stage companies already having the capability of deploying and have had a history of doing so, but what they needed are what we call the three Ps. One P, a platform. So it's an ecosystem where we're able to bring them together and so as a collective, they're stronger than one large company. And then a the pipeline. And we have a pipeline of HBCUs, of, of minority-serving institutions. We're building also a pipeline for public facilities, uh, public homes, as well as multifamily facilities, so Section 9 and Section 8. So our goal is to go after institutions that are in um, socially disadvantaged and low-income areas and get at those institutions and create what we call a pipeline of opportunities for the platform. So we brought um, over 40 BIPOC founders to this activities. Here are the projects, here's the money, and you are the people that can make this happen. And it was magic. So when you talk about the money, how exactly does the money go into the people's pocket? So what's interesting is, is that you have all of these banks that are out there looking for projects to fund, they're looking for BIPOC founders to fund for those projects, and I put them all in one place. I brought the banks there. U.S. Bank was our title sponsor. 
RSF Financial came and also presented through Michael Jones. Um, we had other financial partners there, but these are just two to name. We had uh, coalition builders such as Dream.org, another one of the sponsors. When you bring these type of people together, along with a wide variety variety of uh, founders like Sin Energy, Optimal Tech, and, and others, then you have magic because now you have people with projects finding sources of money and other people to support those projects. Usually a company needs two to three other subcontracts or partners to be able to do it. And so now they were now networking for their own success. I saw that. I saw that. I had to peel people away right. so that we could move to the next section. And there was like a high at the end. Everybody was, they didn't want to go home. And plus the food was good. <laughs> you did we were a really intentional good with that. Intentional. Yeah, the food, I mean, it, it was flowing. It was, it was really good. It was, uh, they say uh, the average adult's attention span is one hour. I watch people go through four hours and, and they were still like this. I mean, Why? Why? First of all, when you think about bringing Chandra Farley, uh, sustainability from the city of Atlanta, and her talking about what the city of Atlanta and the goal that they have for 2025, and they're not close to meeting it, and saying, hey guys, come up with some solutions. You have Brandon Little from the US, Region 4 U.S. Uh, Housing and Urban Development saying, hey, these are things that HUD are looking for in Section 9, Section 8, Section 3. And we didn't understand all of that at first, but Bright Minds all, all of a sudden saw opportunities. And, you know, for three to four hours afterwards, they were talking to Brendan. Um, when you have uh, Michael Jones from RSF Financial saying, we're going to deploy $15 million for, you know, by the end of this year. And they said, well, we have $20 million of projects. He's happy. Yes. Um, you have U.S. Bank talking about that 60% of all new market tax credits flow through their bank. So not only are you looking at ITC, NMTC, or investment tax credits, which goes for solar and storage, but new market tax credits can be used for energy efficiency. How do you put all of those things together? Right. Um, Dana um, from uh, Solar Stewards talking about SREX and how that can be used. Um, Jordan Taylor from M Montgomery Green Bank and what you can do there. So, I mean, having all of those folks talk about things that people are trying to figure out, talk about the solution, unlocking the code, it, it was, you know, uh, manna from heaven, right. You're right? right? And so, yeah, you talk about how good the food was for the body, but there was right. food for the mind. For the mind. And, you know, there, there, there's not a conference that I've been to that had the, this type of information. I, I heard that a lot. And I've been wanting one, so in Reggie fashion, I created it. Well, hold that thought. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, um, I want to talk about the, the pitch. The pitch they, contest? There, there was a pitch con contest, and... I'm curious to know that did you teach them how to pitch or they came there prepared to pitch? 
I'm going to answer on the break. <laughs> yes, yes. But we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. I hope you're enjoying uh, Dr. Re Reginald Parker and his take on the incredible things that are happening in climate technology. We'll be back in a moment. Having low income can mean making tough choices. Choosing between paying for food or medication or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I guess I should get up and shower. Or I can save water and carbon. Is that my shirt and pants and shoes? I mean, I'm literally saving the environment. What did the sushi say to the bee? Wasabi! Gotta love and open my carpool. Less cars, more jokes! The environment is the best excuse. Find an out and opt in at theenvironmentexcuse.org. And we are back with Dr. Reginald Parker, and he promised to tell us about the pitch contest um, during the break. I don't know if we're going to get the secret sauce uh, and how they pulled it off, but he's going to generalize us in the, the subject and let us know what the pitch contest was all about and what the winnings were about in the end. So, I'm not going to give away everything, okay. but I will uh, tempt you a little bit. It goes back to uh, how do you understand your customers? And all of your customers, you're pitching. Right. You're pitching to your team. You're pitching to your investors. You're pitching to people who are buying uh, an advertisement, a commercial. That's a pitch. And you have to understand that in the pitch, the biggest piece is the value proposition. And I said, there's three letters in value proposition you have to know. X, Y, and Z. X is how much does it cost? Uh, y is how much can you sell it for? And Z, what is, what is the value to you? So you have a car. car may cost $7,500 to manufacture. However, you're going to sell it for $17,000 so that you make a profit. But for the person who buys the car, who can now go to work, who can now carry the baby around, who can now keep themselves safe. Um, and as they go from place A to B, they have air and, and heat. It may be worth 30000 to them. So when you understand the value structure, everybody has to make a profit, then you know how to sit down and formulate what is to be said. And we talk to them about, you know, how do you draw people in? How do you formulate what it is you're going to say? And so we gave them a three-minute pitch, a three minutes of Q&A. Um, 
is that enough time to tell them all of your business plans, your financial metrics? Well, no, it's only enough time to get people interested in the next meeting. And so we tell them how to use those three minutes most effectively, because sometimes that's all the time you have at the top of the elevator to the bottom of the elevator walking out of the door. Right. So, so it's called the, the elevator, elevator pitch. So in the end, what do you want, what do you expect to achieve? Interest or you want to close the deal? You cannot close a deal in three minutes <laughs> unless you know you have some exceptional skills. Right. And so we'll talk about the winner. Um, her name is Christine. And actually, right now she's raising um, $60,000 for a huge conference uh, um, and an event. And you know, we're pushing her full, full force and her company's called Dream Kicks. And what Dream Kicks does is it takes refuse, you know, apples, bananas, um, bamboo, uh, recycled bottles, recycled um, uh, rubber, and make shoes and other types of products. And they are sweet, they're nice products. I mean, I want one right now, right? And um, not only on that, it has an NFC chip where you can swipe your phone and figure out just how much carbon she was able to reduce by you wearing a shoe. And so um, there are a lot of companies out there that want to buy this these shoes for their um, um, employees to reduce the, and that is a pitch, right? Uh -huh. And she got up and she pitched. People quickly understood what it is that she was doing. The good-looking shoe. It was a good-looking shoe. They understood the value. The questions. She, if you design your pitch right, pitch right, you already know the questions that are going to be. And she did that. And this is what we also trained them. It's called the customer journey. It's called <clears throat> um, understanding your customer. And when you are put, able to put all of those things together, your pitch comes together. Because there's three different types of customers, therefore there's three types of customer journeys. But all customers work, walk in that first three minutes, and then it starts veering off. So you have to have that first three minutes down pat. Yeah, so there were three winners. Mm -hmm. uh, we're only going to talk about the first. Okay. We're going to talk about number two. Number three. It was exciting. I, I mean, I, I mean, it was interesting to watch, and we have more segments coming up. Every family has their baggage. We know she's vaping, drinking. She stays out all night. But we don't have to face these challenges alone. Visit boystown.org slash parenting for expert advice. If you need immediate help, Call the trained counselors at the Boys Town National Hotline. Boys Town can help lighten the load so you can get back to the things that matter. For any age, any stage, Boys Town. Save the Children believes childhood without food is unimaginable. Yet around the world, children are suffering from the worst famine in our lifetime, coupled with conflict, poverty, climate change, and more. Join Save the Children and get fed up. Fed up with the lack of progress. Fed up with the injustice. Learn how you can get involved in the fight against childhood hunger at savethechildren.org slash get fed up. I'm fed up. We're fed up. We're fed up. I want to go back to how to prepare younger generations 
to uh, look out for later mm -hmm. when it comes to climate control. You you talked about a few tips in terms of how you run your family, but if you were talking to Main Street, what would you tell Main Street in terms of how to prepare their children for, you know, the effects of uh, uh, climate control? What what can they do without coming off too hard to the kids? One thing you might not have noticed, but I brought four college students to the event. And I talked to each one of them and said, go talk to these folks. I said, they're talking to bankers, they're talking to each other. You need to talk to them. Do you know what to talk to them about? He said, what, sir? I said, internships. Wow. You got to get them connected somehow. So I talked to my kids always about what is your science fair project going to be this year? And I get them to call some of my friends. I'm an engineer by training, so I have friends who are engineers. I get them to call and talk to others. If you have a scientist, an engineer that you can touch or call, get them talking to them, right? Um, ask them to do a project. You know, um, recycling. Have them tell you, act, act like you don't understand why recycling is important, mm -hmm. and ask your kids why is recycling important. I, I, I kind of feel like there's so much coming at kids right now. Like you got climate um, mm -hmm. technology and you got AI. I mm -hmm. mean, are we talking two different mm -hmm. worlds here? So, uh, same world. So one of my technologies, right, that I have is called Caring, Caring for Assets through Reliable Intelligence. And so one of the things it does is monitors your energy use. I plug it right in at your breaker box. It sees how you use energy. Then it learns how you use energy. And then it starts making uh, recommendations on how to maintain and, and manage your energy. And if you want it to take over, it will dim lights, it'll turn things off. Let me give you, one of our clients um, set uh, a light, or actually it was a machine, to turn on and off uh, between three and six. And they wondered why it never turned on and off, and so they reset it, and it was turning on and off right that time. When you were able to put in, when we were able to put in a monitor, we were seeing that it was turning on at 3 a.m. and 6 p.m. I mean, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So while they were not at work, it was turning on and off. It turns out that it was costing them $90 a day oh. times 365. Yeah. They were paying closer to $30,000 more in the energy a year because they couldn't see what they didn't know. But the energy monitoring technology found it and was able to turn it off because it wasn't supposed to be on. When you have a parking lot, lot light, lot light, are they supposed to be turning it on in the middle of the day? Right. And you're paying for that. These are things that you don't pay attention to, but the AI right. will. Right. And the AI is a 24-7 uh, uh, thing that can actually do what you need to do. And you're going to say, there you go, getting rid of jobs. The average small to medium-sized building owner do not have $100,000 $100, a year to pay for an energy manager. 
But if you can give them that through AI, device. through for for a simple cost of about five thousand dollars a year, and it cuts their energy in half, then yes, this is a job that not that doesn't exist inside of that company, and that company can't afford it. Why not help them get rid of the energy waste and manage their energy better? So AI. Has a, this is just one example, but has a special place in clean tech. And clean tech has a special place in AI. AI is on a computer server, and do you fuel that computer server, those big server farms, um, using fossil fuels? Google um, um, and, and other large tech companies said, no, we will go carbon neutral, and we will use renewable resources in order to fuel our uh, uh, farms. So their data farms are being fueled by uh, solar farms and battery farms. Um, Facebook, all of them are doing this. Uh, so there is uh, clean tech and AI, and AI in clean tech. Well, and you're like an advocate for both. Yes. You're like, that's, isn't that rare though? Because usually it's like pick a side, you know. We were talking about partisan, you know, ML, politics. ML, which is machine learning and AI's artificial intelligence, are not going to go away. So there's no side to that in terms of, you know, this is what's happening. And, you know, if you know how to use ChatGPT as an example, as a prompter, you can get paid $360,000 a year. Wow. So the thing is, is that every time there's a new job, there's a new opportunity. And, you know, are you going to be one of the ones that are going to take as much advantage of being as high on the totem pole to make that money? Or are you going to wait so that you can get in at the bottom floor? So right now, with so much happening in technology, and there, America thrives off of small businesses, what advice do you have for a small business right now that's working in solar uh, energy, uh, green technology? What advice? You got to make sure that you're in the right trade groups so that you can get the right opportunities. Um, if you're African American, there's an organization that's called BOSS, Blacks, Black uh, Owners of Solar Solutions. Um, they run B at RE Plus, which is one of the largest renewable energy conferences there is. They're going to be there um, this upcoming week. I'm flying out tomorrow morning. And, you, you just got to do these things. You got to be in the know. You got to join the right organizations, get the flow of deals. You, you have to go out and, and talk to people. We are concentrating on going after these institutions and in doing so, by working with these institutions, we're making an impact and we're bringing more people on board. So the folks that we work with are a part of these organizations. That's how I find them. And plus I've been in the business since 2004, 2003. So I've got to know a lot of people and I don't let them go. Wow. Because, it, you know, I need to help them and they need to help me wow. as we save this planet. This is the Kathy Durant Show, broadcasting on BBS Radio TV on the iHeart Network. Every family has their challenges, their issues, their baggage. You can't always see it. 
I haven't slept in months. I have one that won't sleep and one that won't stay in bed. We sometimes try to hide it. My son is so disrespectful. I can't relate to him anymore. And eventually, it gets out of control. We know she's vaping, drinking, her grades are slipping. She stays out all night. But we don't have to face these challenges alone. Visit boystown.org slash parenting for valuable guides, downloadable parenting tools, and expert advice. If you need immediate help, call the trained counselors at the Boystown National Hotline. Whether the baggage is big or small, Boystown can help lighten the load so you can get back to the things that matter. For any age, any stage, Boystown. Having low income can mean making tough choices. Choosing between paying for food or medication or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. The Captain Durant uh, show continues now with Dr. Reginald Parker, who's been enlightening us on climate technology. And in the last segment, we talked a little bit about uh, AI and how the two, I wouldn't say they match, I, I won't dare say a word that it'll take care of me word. But um, I think we got a good a good understanding of AI, and AI is not like everybody's friend right now when it comes to the writer strike, and you know people feel like using AI is like putting people out of work. So is that kind of the same scenario when people thought that computers were going to put people out of work because? You didn't have somebody typing 105 words a minute. Is that the same thing? I would say this is dramatically different. Okay. If we went from an agricultural society to a manufacturing society, from a manufacturing society to an industrial, industrial to a technology, this next step into information, it's totally different, and we're not going to be able to stop it. But what we have to do now is be able to better control it. And the only way you can do that is through deeper understanding. Uh, you're not, you can't stop, you know, uh, deep learning, right? But the problem with deep learning is, is that it learns off of what's already been done. Yes. Um, what has not been proven is, is that it can do new learning. What do you mean by new learning? So if I have a pot of data mm -hmm. and I ask ChatGPT or some other type of artificial intelligence to come up with a solution, 
it will come up with a solution based on what's in that pot of data. Mm -hmm. What humankind has done is continue to build on that pot of data through discovery, learning, re-examination. So AI is able to give you information off of that pot of data. What we have not been able to show through self-learning is that it can continue to grow that pot of data. And that is, you know, the quintessential issue with AI and where we can put caps on. You can put caps on keeping it only able to uh, develop based on a pot of data, not to increase the pot. Because that's where we are able to allow humankind to still add value. Well, when people think of AI, they they think of computer, I, I mean robots coming to take over everything and there would be no need uh, for them in the automobile industry, almost not, I don't think. Uh, I guess they're like overseeing uh, robots now. Uh, but how do, you, how do you balance that? How do you take away that fear of they're not going to be jobs. So the, the, you can't take it away because that is a, a truth. A certain type of jobs will have to go away. This is a manufacturer of carpets up in Dalton, Georgia. But where do people go? Oh, right, but let me give you an example. This is manufacturer in Dalton. They make carpets in order to compete against uh, Southeast Asia from a profit margin point of view. They couldn't keep people working. If they kept people working, they would go out of business. So they have an engineer and a fully automated uh, facility. Mm -hmm. You walk in, the lights are out. You know why the lights are out? Why? Because the automation doesn't need the scene to do what it needs to so do. So they're saving money? Yeah, they're saving money by keeping the lights out because the robots in that facility don't need the scene. Wow, that is scary. But you say, well, what happened to the jobs? Right. Well, they have a choice, stay in business or not. Well, what happens to the people? Uh, Which, so there, there's more than one people, right? There's right. the owner right. and, his, and his or her family. Right. And then there's the people that he hired. Right. And they're not going to accept a lesser pay. So where does the spinoff, what, what happens? In order for this owner to stay competitive with Southeast Asia, he had to transform to a fully automated facility. So for the money that entrepreneurs are saving uh, using automated systems, can't you create another division where costs will, where workers can work in marketing or some other areas of the company? Some of the workers can go into support services, you know, because they move from manufacturing to service, because right. this is a greater service right. society, and at, this, at the current state, um, computers are, they suck at service. Right. And so you have to use people for service, right? right? And some people are not as good at service as others. And so now you get the cream of the crop moving up on um, in the service area. Um, we see that when we go out to restaurants. Some restaurants have better service than others and they get more patronage and that's what's going to be happening. Now, you have some people, they have to leave their jobs of actually making um, that and they realize that they can upskill themselves 
and become a social media person and help right. to sell carpet. Right. Or they can learn how to program um, uh, so they can improve the ma uh, manufacturing process. And there are people who are stuck in $30,000 job, $30, jobs. Mm -hmm. They go and they train for three weeks, three months, and now they're in a $100,000 job in tech. So um, there's always something else out there, at least for now. Right. Um, but ultimately, we may move into a Star Trek type of society where you don't need money to live, you just do a job and all of your food and housing will be taken care of. It's been said that one of the most effective way to reach people is through entertaining. And so you and I talked, you know, uh, uh, briefly about how can you put this information in a can. I suggested more documentaries. I'm, a, you know, I'm from the media, and I know how effective it is to sit down and make a choice between uh, a feature film and a documentary. Believe it or not, people are watching watching documentaries like crazy. Four and five parts documentaries, uh, six part, so that they can understand at their leisure what's going on because people don't want information forced them to find out. They want to decide what they watch and what they learn. So can you say that people are big, you guys are getting ready to join the movie industry where I am over here where we need you and do more documentaries on this information? Like the woman, uh, the entrepreneur with the EV stations, you know, women need to know that there's something going on to look out for them so that they'll feel okay about buying an EV. Other than that, you're gonna have a hard time getting people out of their gasoline cars because service stations are lit and they have convenience stores there. There are a lot, you're gonna be competing with a lot to have them to say, oh, just come plug up to this, to this charging station well, do you have a vending machine sitting here by it? You know, it's got to be a lot more going on than just plugging up unless you're putting the, the, the charging stations with other stores, other retailers. Like, well, one of the things that Tanya does, and again, she, she installs them. She can install them in your own home. Okay. And uh, most of these EVs, you know, have on a low end, 150 miles, but usually they're 300 miles. Who drives 300 miles a day? But how far are we from her getting those devices in She's doing this now. So is she going through low income uh, programs like HUD to get, the, to get these devices in new homes or old homes or apartment complexes? With? Unlike the other EV charging uh, companies, she's a licensed electrician and she has a whole business where she does electrical contracts and EVs. So she's putting these in wherever uh, people are looking to do them. So she does low income, high income, middle income. Um, she, she's, she and her team are out there doing this every day. Well, how many companies are around like, like Tom's? Uh, <laughs> Actually, she don't even play. Is Atlanta the model city? Yes, the reason we started things here in Atlanta is because 
Um, this is one of the Wakandas. And um, this year we did the state of the of, of black climate tech. Next year we'll be doing the state of black and brown climate tech. Um, and then the year after we will continue to increase because we want to show how using this Wakanda we can start going to Atlantis and other places and increase the number of people who are impacted. And so, you know, this is the way to do it. We're using entertainment to get them. We're using, as you said, uh, documentaries and, and just peeling off. Uh, and thank you for the help in making that happen. Okay. Um, we're pulling, peeling off all of the, the the magic and saying this is real. It is 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 not hocus pocus. It started with your grandma when she said, "Close that door." Right. Right. There we are. This is stuff that we know that we forgot that we had to relearn but it's comfortable. Um, how do I sell this to people? Do you want to pay $600 for gas or $60 for energy? Right. Do you want to have to go out and uh, fill up your car or do you just want to pull up to your house right. and be good for tomorrow? Do you want to make sure that when the power grid goes down that you're still up? I mean, and in doing so, save the planet? No All right. uh, we're, we're not talking about things that people don't want. These are things that people want. Right. This is economic development, environmental justice. This is workforce development. And last, community empowerment. When you are able to control your own power. Right. Um, um, I have to say, I'm enlightened again. <laughs> and I think we're going to live to see part two of this. So will you come back? I'll come back and uh, we'll talk about some projects that we're doing and okay. um, with some of the people that were in that room. Yeah, so we'll get to learn a little bit more about Green Power Ventures in uh, the second episode. Because we want to know what you're doing. We want to know. Well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed the Kathy Durant show and my very animated guest, Dr. <laughs> Uh, Reginald Parker, I think he, I think he was just outstanding. He makes, you know what? Somebody, somebody said at the conference that you were so great, and as a PhD, you know, as a doctor, as a chemical engineer, you're just like a regular person. So he makes you feel like he's regular, but boy, he's a, a point expert. As you said. A walking computer. But we thank you. And thank I you. yeah, and I look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Kathy Durant Show. Thank you for watching. Until next time, be good.